As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This podcast episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a superfood company that's aiming to popularize functional mushrooms and adaptogens by incorporating them into mainstream products like coffee, tea, and cacao. All you coffee lovers out there absolutely have to try the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee with Changa and Lion's Mane. Lion's Mane mushrooms have long been used by Buddhist monks to help with focus during meditation. And I know you're probably thinking mushrooms, coffee, that sounds weird, but I can assure you it does not taste like mushrooms at all. So if you want to give it a try for yourself, just head on over to foursigmatic.com slash boothaven and get 15% off your first order today. All right, now on to the episode. Hey, it's Wendy. And it's Jess. And you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast, your online resource for delicious and nutritious living. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Food Heaven Podcast with Wendy and Jess. Today, we're really excited to have Katie Pruitt in the studio, or actually, she's joining us via phone. She's based out of San Antonio, Texas. Katie turned her love for people, storytelling, and fashion into Ethical Style Journal, a beautiful print and digital magazine for conscious fashion. The magazine was born from the idea that shopping sustainably should be fun and accessible, and as founder and editor-in-chief, Katie works tirelessly alongside the Ethical Style Journal team to bring each issue to life. It is her hope that Ethical Style Journal will help shape fashion culture into one that is much more about awareness, action, and accountability as style and inspire much-needed change in the way we participate in fashion. Love that. And we are so excited to have you here because the story of how we met is so random. I know. <laughs> we, yeah, I, you probably remember it was like we were at South by Southwest. Wendy was speaking at a panel and we were like going to, I think it was like a vegan restaurant mm-hmm. for like brunch or something and there was mm-hmm. no tables. And then we were like waiting together and we started chatting. Um, and and then we learned about, we ended up sitting with you. <laughs> yeah, we were like, we should just all sit <laughs> yeah, together. Yeah, like, let's just sit together because you were so sweet. Um And you ended up, you know, telling us about your magazine that you started and you showed us a copy and we were both literally gorgeous, blown away because, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, yeah, I have a magazine or I have this or that. And it's like, you know, it may not actually be fully there, but we were like, oh, my God. It's a real magazine. It's a real gorgeous. (laughs) Like I immediately subscribed. I read every issue cover to cover. And so we're so excited to have you here. I think it also comes at the perfect time because. I think we're all just, you know, trying to be more thoughtful as we move through life, you know, especially as you get older with like sustainability, especially when it comes to like fashion and fast fashion. So I was so happy to meet you and be able to pick your brain. So welcome to the podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so happy to be talking to y'all today. I was actually just uh, thinking about when we met the other day. It felt very like it was meant to happen. 
Yes, um, absolutely. How we ended up sitting together and and I just loved talking with y'all. We just clicked, so I'm happy to be uh, here talking to y'all again. It's been it's been a long time, so. Yay. <laughs> We're really excited to have you. And there's a lot of talk about sustainability with food and with agriculture, but not so much with clothing. I think it's so cool that you're working within the field of sustainable clothing and sustainable fashion. So can you talk a little bit about how you got into that? Yes, yes. Um, actually, it started, oh, man, I guess about five years ago, four, four and a half, five years ago, I was like um, looking for boots. It was that time of year. I felt like there weren't many options. There was either leather or suede, which at the time, I, and I'm still not so interested in those materials, but it was either that or like it would say man-made materials, which is very like vague. You're like, okay, what does that mean exactly? Um so really, I just started like researching a lot, um, just looking for boots. And I came across a, a brand based in Los Angeles um, run by a woman, Stephanie Nakora, and they're called Nakora Shoes. And I think they had um, only been around for maybe a year or even less than that at the time. But even even though they've evolved a lot in the way that they do, um, in the materials that they use and stuff now, they in the beginning, they still had a story. Like, I could go and learn about, you know, the craftsmanship and the shoemakers that they were working with and the, and how they sourced their materials locally. A lot of it was upcycled. I think the, the, the hills were, there were wooden hills. And so just uh, things like that. And so I fell in love with, uh, their brand and fell in love with the idea of having better options for people who, you know, were, were really interested in, in, you know, like you said, sustainable fashion and making more sustainable choices and uh, just, you know, decided, okay, maybe since I had such a hard time finding <laughs> this brand, maybe other people are struggling to find things too. Um, and so I just started blogging and eventually decided, hey, I think we should turn this into a magazine. And, and that's, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> that's so amazing. Cool. Wow. So, okay, I, I mentioned this when we met. And so I want to talk about it um, on the podcast as well. The idea that when people think of sustainable fashion and sustainable clothing um, that's eco-friendly, we think of pricey and expensive. And I know that mm -hmm. makes it right. not as accessible for all, you know, I think about, you know, sustainable right. clothing as being like $96 for a t-shirt. How can, yeah. <laughs> can you talk about like, what are some ways if people, you know, are balling on a budget that they can start to incorporate more sustainability or sustainable practices into, um, you know, their clothing choices? Right, right. Well, first of all, I want to say that I personally would not spend $96 <laughs> on a t-shirt. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say, but I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. I mean, we have to still be practical. And and just to backtrack, like with the magazine, I know like sometimes we do feature brands that um, are with a higher price point. A lot of them are really small independent designers that um, do everything themselves and maybe work with a small team. But sourcing is expensive. So um, some of them will share like a cost breakdown. Uh, and I'm, I'm real big into transparency. I think if you can share, the more you can share with your customer, the better. Um, but uh, one other thing is, you know, when I, when I say shop more consciously, I say this all the time, but sometimes that means not shopping at all. And just going into your closet and having fun with stuff that you already own. Cause I think a lot of us probably have tons of stuff anyway, whether it 
see from our days in fast fashion where we would just buy, 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 or things we've been, you know, we've collected from family members or traded with friends. Like we have things. Um, so sometimes my hope is that our magazine will, you know, be serve as fashion inspiration. You know, like most of the stuff we feature is practical, um, like looks and stuff are, are practical. And so you could go in your closet and say, oh, I can do that. I already have something like this. Um, aside from that, more more recently, um, even though like my focus um, in the beginning and still is, I like to be able to um, highlight as many um, sustainable uh, independent designers um, as, as possible because you know they're doing they're doing good work and it's not easy. But we do feature a lot of secondhand um, fashion, um, a lot of vintage pieces. Uh, vintage is a little harder because usually those are one of a kind and vintage can get expensive, but going to the thrift store, like, I mean, it is really like other than not shopping at all, that's the most sustainable option is just going and buying secondhand. So if, if you're in this place of, you know, I can't afford, you know, this dress for, you know, that's $200, but I want a new dress. Like for me, I just, I went to a red carpet event, uh, September for an award show. I was a nominated. We were nominated for magazine of the year here in San Antonio. Congratulations. Um, Big deal. Yeah. But I I wanted, uh, I needed like a nice kind of cocktail dress. And I just, we didn't, I don't have, you know, I was like, I don't have $200 right now to spend. I went to my favorite uh, local thrift store. It's called Revolution Thrift here. And I found the most beautiful wrap dress and it was like $8. Wow. And it was yeah, yeah, and I wore, I think I wore, the shoes I ended up wearing were shoes that I got married in uh, <laughs> eight years ago, nice. uh, seven years ago, sorry, seven years ago, um, but yeah, so like sometimes it's just, you know, like, there's no, I know for me, a lot of people I've heard thrifting, it's something we did, I did growing up out of necessity, Same. you know, my family was like this, you know, and so it became this thing of like, for me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. But then you realize, like, there's so many things that could go to waste if we don't buy them. And there's beautiful things in these stores. And it's sustainable. And it's budget-friendly. So, you know, you have to, it's up to you to decide what you can afford where you are in your life um, and, and what choices you want to make in terms of uh, sustainable fashion. But you don't, you should never feel like you have to buy a $96 T-shirt because I certainly <laughs> won't be doing that. Yes. <laughs> Reuse. How does it go? Recycle, Re- reduce, and reuse. There you go. Close the right. <laughs> <laughs> I exactly. love that you said that. Yeah, because it's so important. A lot of us have all of these clothes in our closet that we never wear. And I love that you said, go back into that closet, take everything out, and see what you really have. Because a lot of times we have really cute things that we can kind of remix and rematch. And that's a great way to be sustainable with your fashion that doesn't require buying anything. So that's such a great point. And I know that you mentioned that when you were first kind of starting off with sustainable clothing, you weren't really into the suede and the leather. So talk to us a little bit about what some of your go-to fabrics are right now that are a little bit more sustainable. Well, um, okay, so when it comes to clothing, um, there we, we've been able to highlight a few different types of fabrics, and it, it gets hard because there's pros and cons with all of them, you know, um, and and I feel that one of the kind of debates I've noticed within the sustainable industry is sustainable fashion industry is like, you know, there's this um, end all be all fabric. And it's just, that's just not the case. I 
I really like hemp um, from what I've read about it. And we featured um, an organization that specifically is doing research on hemp called Fiber Shed. And I think they're based in Northern, Cal- Northern California. Um, but hemp is just uh, just like the crop doesn't, um, it's not super water intensive. So it doesn't take a lot of water to grow. It doesn't require any herbicides or pesticides. And it's, it's very, how do I say it, climate friendly. Um, it, certain weather conditions don't affect it. So it's a really, really good crop and having fabric, uh, hemp fabric is just great. So, um, that's one that has been on my, on the top list for us whenever we kind of talk about fabrics that are like more sustainable. Hemp is definitely one of them. Uh, I think there's an issue, like it's not legal in, uh, to, uh, up until recently, it wasn't legal anywhere in the U.S. if I'm not to grow it. Um, which is strange. Um, so that's the issue with hemp is uh, they're trying to, I know a, a group in D.C., lady farmers, have been working really hard to try to make it legal to grow hemp because right now a lot of the hemp uh, that people are using is coming out of China and other places. Um, but I think I think we're moving in the right direction. So to answer your question, hemp is a fabric that is good for the environment. It's natural. Um, I believe it's easy to dye with natural dyes. So that's a really... That's a really good one. Awesome. So as you were talking, I was um, going to your Instagram page to try to find Mm -hmm. the dress that you said you got at the thrift store. Is it the blue dress that you have? The blue one, yes. It is. Oh, my God. This is so cute. You look so good. Oh, my God. That is really inspirational that you can yeah, look that amazing in a dress that you got at the thrift store for $8. I love it. Have you struggled to figure out what type of multivitamin you should take? Me too. There's so many supplements on the market and it's really hard trying to figure out which product is going to be the best fit for supporting your health. I want to take a sec to put you onto Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's Essentials has the nutrients most of us don't get enough of, all in their purest forms. No unnecessary additives or ingredients. Two easy-to-take capsules provide nine nutrients that help to build a stronger foundation for better health. Whether it's vitamin D3, K2, magnesium, or omega-3, Ritual Essential for Women has got you covered. And talking about omega-3, you know that fishy aftertaste you get after taking the usual omega-3? Yeah, that's not happening with Ritual. The bottle comes with an insert that's infused with pure peppermint to keep your vitamins smelling minty fresh. Sometimes I feel like I'm popping up rough mint. And for those of you thinking about having a baby or who are expecting, Ritual Essential Prenatal is conceived to deliver the essential nutrients from DHA to folate that a woman needs at every stage. Ritual is traceable and transparent. If you're a label reader like me, all of Ritual's vegan-friendly, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are 100% out there for you to see. You can check out the Ritual website for a breakdown of what's in their products. If you're thinking, I don't have time, to look for this product at the store, or you might not like placing online orders all the time, you don't have to worry about that. A subscription is really easy to start and it's really easy to snooze as well. It's only a dollar a day to have all the essential nutrients your body needs delivered every month. Start your year with Essential for Women. This is a really small step that can help to create a healthy foundation for 2019 and beyond. Visit ritual.com forward slash food heaven to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com forward slash food heaven. All right, let's get back to our episode. Okay, yeah, so we, ta- <laughs> we talked about fabrics. Um, now, one thing I want to also kind of like switching gears a little bit 
is something that I love about your ethical style journal is that you profile so many amazing and beautiful women of color um, within, yes, within the sustainable fashion space. And that is so refreshing because I feel like I never see that when you think about anything that's like going green or sustainable, like I never, ever see people of color, let alone women of color. So can you talk about like, was that your focus within the ethical style journal to really highlight marginalized communities within this space? I mean, I, I I think maybe subconsciously that was always there. I know when I first started, I really just wanted to kind of dive into, you know, focusing on these smaller sustainable brands and how to get people, you know, introduced to it, uh, introduced to them basically. But um, as I got involved um, more, I did, I started to see some of the same kind of like, beauty, uh, standards of beauty uh, being represented. And it was like, okay, guys, we're supposed to be doing something different than mainstream fashion, but we're seeing the same type of models. We're sending the same type of messages. Um, So I'm like, yeah, this platform needs to be, um, my platform will definitely, um, we'll do our best to highlight uh, black women and women of color in this space and the work that they're doing. Um, And I know I've mentioned to you ladies before when we talked uh, at South by Southwest, Dominique Drakeford of Melanin and Sustainable Style. Yeah, She's, you know, yes, she's one of my, oh, I love her so much. She's a good friend. And she's been doing the work for uh, for quite some time now, just highlighting um, people of color in sustainability and wellness. And I just think that we can always have another platform uh, to talk about the work that we're doing because it's a huge misconception that I will say as a black woman that we don't care about these issues because we do. And we and we do the work. And so I want to highlight that as much as possible. So, yes, to answer your question, it is very intentional. Yeah, I love that. And it's very similar in the nutrition space as well, where there is I mean, there's definitely a shortage, a shortage of dietitians of color, but we're here and we're doing the work. And we're also like very intentional about making sure that we highlight women of color who are within the field because creating that community among us is so important because we're so underrepresented and there are misconceptions that people of color don't want to eat healthier, that they're not interested in sustainable fashion. So I love that you are representing us in that space. That's amazing. Just to cut in real quick, I remember us kind of talking about, you know, one of the things, recurring themes um, is that you know, our ancestors or, you know, people of color, indigenous people all over the world do these things already. Right. Um, and sometimes it's repackaged or, uh, you know, branded as something new. But no, we, we've been doing it, whether it be how we eat or, you know, making clothes from 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 fibers that we just have access to um, in our communities. Like people have always been doing this. And so I think it's important as uh, people of color, women of color, black women, that we have our, that our voices be heard in this. Like, no, 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 no. This isn't new. You didn't just start this. We've been doing this. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. My mom is like the queen of (laughs) recycling and sustainability. She'd be reusing all of the jars and all of the containers. And I'm like, girl. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, So we spoke about already a few misconceptions regarding how ethical fashion might be very expensive or even with uh, representation, how sustainable fashion might be only for white people, for example. So can you talk about other misconceptions that you've come across as it relates to sustainability in clothing and fashion? 
Sure, yeah. I think um, one of the biggest uh, misconceptions is that there's one way to do sustainable fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like we talked a little bit earlier about the higher price point and people thinking that be that's the way to go. Um, maybe for you, sustainable fashion is just supporting a friend who's an indie designer who's, you know, making a more conscious effort to source ethically. Um, Maybe it looks like that for you, or maybe it's um, buying less. Maybe it's shopping at, like we talked about, shopping at thrift stores. I just want people to know there's not one way um, to do sustainable fashion. And we do our very best to um, kind of highlight all the different ways that you can participate. Um, I think when we are not as inclusive when it comes to that in terms of like covering all the different like ways that you can participate. We, we tend to shut people out. Um, and we don't want to do that. We just don't. So just, um, just know that we, we will support you wherever you are in it. And we try to cover it all. Love it. Now let's talk about your, so we talked a little about this already, but like what is your unique approach to clothing and style? I'm going through like your Instagram feed and I love your yeah, style. Your style is so cute. It's I love very it. straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but also like mix and match yeah. and like pops of color. So talk about like mm-hmm. your approach to that. Well, as far as my personal style goes, um, a lot of it is just uh, based off of the fact that I'm a stay-at-home mom as well. Uh, my son goes to preschool like three days a week, so most of the time I'm running around with him. <laughs> so I need to be comfortable, but I still like to be cute. So, um, But practical, being practical in my fashion choices is definitely like something that's important. Um, when it comes to buying, that that's where it gets challenging, Um I think I have to feel good about it um, from either a budget standpoint or a consumption standpoint. Like a few years ago, for instance, I bought a new coat uh, from Reformation, actually. Um, and it was like, I think, $270. It was it was quite expensive. Um, and I see, so now I see coats popping up and I, I, I like them, but I'm not going to go buy them because I know I don't need a new coat. I have a, a beautiful coat that I'm probably going to have for many years to come. So there's no point in going to buy it. So I, I try to approach it from that standpoint. Like, do I really need this? Um, and then other than that, like, again, I'll go to the thrift store. And when I go into the thrift store, like, I'm, I'm really big on uh, just um, structure and fabric and, um, and even, st- like, how it's made. Like, I like things that are durable and look like they're going to last. So I, I, I just, you know, have my eye out for, for things that I'm comfortable with and, and know that, okay, this is going to hold up in the washing machine because I'm, I'm like, I have to wash things. I don't really do dry cleaning. Um, so, yeah, it's just I'm very practical with when it comes to shopping for myself. Right. I like how you also um... – you seem very approachable within this space because I feel like a lot of times within like sustainability, um, it can just feel not, you know, very welcoming or accessible, intimidating, intimidating can feel very right. preachy. And so, yeah, when we met you and you were so laid back and so chill and very like happy to give advice about this, it was really comforting. And I feel like for me, at least that approach actually makes me be more proactive than like, you guys should all be doing this. We're all going to die. Yeah, we're going to die. 
going to <laughs> right. whatever. Um, <laughs> so just in terms of, so we talked about your approach to fashion, but just in terms of your daily life beyond fashion, when it comes to sustainability, what are some of your favorite things that you can recommend people do? Just basic things to, um, to live a more eco-friendly life. So one of the things that I have been, uh, I have to really work at, and I've been doing so much better at it, is making sure, like, I keep, like, a reusable cup on me. <laughs> I know that sounds really silly, but we go places, and, and, I, and I don't want to end up having, I try to reduce um, the amount of plastic that I use. So I'm, like, keeping my um, my bo- wa- bottle of water on me. Um, sorry, my stainless steel, like, reusable thingy. How do you call it, anyway? <laughs> I just say water, water bottle, bottle. <laughs> yes, yes. but yeah. it's not made of plastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. I keep that. I try to keep that on me and make sure that I have it with me at all times. Um, I have some uh, straws that I bought a long time ago that are um, compostable, I, but I rinse them out and reuse them over and over again. Um, I know there are a lot of different options, but I just try to like think and plan ahead um, a little bit. Um, and that, that's been working. Something else that I'm big on is shopping, you know, as far as produce and food goes, I try to shop local when I can. It's not always affordable, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. Um, if there's some, you know, strawberries, local strawberries or something and they're priced, you know, at an affordable price, I'll go and get those at the farmer's market. Um, and then we don't, in San Antonio, here's the thing. We don't live in this city that makes it convenient to use public transportation at all. And I think that that's something that they've been working on, the city's been working on. Um, And so we've taken surveys and we've voiced our opinions about how they can make it better, which I think is important for a community to do, because I actually like being able to use public transportation. I hate having to drive everywhere. And for some people, public transportation is the only option. But if it's not convenient for them, I can only imagine for people who don't have a car and say, oh, I want to do public transportation because, you know, I can, but I don't have to. Like, those people really need it to be convenient. So we're hoping that it improves here. But I I love riding the bus. I love being able to catch the bus, um, you know, and not have to drive everywhere. So just, just like I said, planning ahead, um, trying to, for me, trying to avoid plastic because plastic is an issue. Um, in a lot of ways. And if you do, if you do use, like in, in some days I do end up, I'll just like, okay, I'm going to take this home and see how much more use I could get out of it. That's what I'm doing right now. I've literally, I've had this water bottle in my bag since New York, like, and I'm in LA right now. I've just been carrying it. I'm like, well, I'm just going to ride it till the wheels fall off (laughs) because I forgot to bring my other water bottle. Right, right. No. And that's the thing too. Like you, you know, Cut yourself some slack. I do what I can. I do not. I, well, at least I try not to beat myself up about things because I think you get then you get discouraged and then you get overwhelmed and then it's like okay then you're not able to do any of it. So yeah, just you know do what you can and and be mindful. Um, but if you slip up here or there, like. Don't trip over it. It's fine. Really quick, you guys, before we go any further, I am dying to follow up with Wendy about something that we talked about on the podcast the other week. So we were chatting about my new favorite nightcap that I'm so excited about. It's the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Hot Cacao Mix that I've been having every night and it literally has elevated my evening routine. And I wanted to share it with Wendy because it's so delicious. So I gave 
gave her a packet to try. And now I need to know, girl, did you try it? I sure did, girl. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so excited that you tried it. I did. I was a little skeptical because, you know, I it's still in my head. I was like, mm, I wonder if this has that mushroom flavor to it. I, I was just like a little skeptical about it being too overpowering, but I love it. I'm hooked. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I was like, mm, I'm not sure. But I did try it and I, I kind of made it similar to how you were saying. I heated up some milk. And I just stirred it in and I added some honey and whipped cream. And then I topped it actually with some matcha powder Mm. that I also got from Four Sigmatic. And yeah, it was absolutely delicious. It was perfect as a nightcap, like just very satisfying, comforting. So yeah, I loved it. Okay, so it looks like now we both have a new favorite nightcap. And we want to invite you guys to try it as well. So Four Sigmatic is sponsoring this podcast episode and they're giving our friends, that's you, 15% off your first Four Sigmatic order. So all you have to do is head on over to foursigmatic.com slash foodheaven. That is F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash foodheaven. As we mentioned, we love the Four Sigmatic hot cacao mix with mushroom. It doesn't taste like mushroom though, but there are a ton of other products that you can choose from. So they have everything from tea to matcha lattes. And honestly, I've been going a little cray cray and having like one or two products a day. And I know you guys all love them as much as we do. Again, head on over to foursigmatic.com slash foodheaven to get 15% off your order. And make sure to send us a little DM and let us know what you guys thought. All right, now back to the episode. Thrifting, like you mentioned, is a great place to start. So can you share like some other tidbits for people that want to get a little bit more into this? Sure. I mean, like you already named one of them, like, you know, uh, thrifting and not being afraid to do that if you are at a place where you feel like, I don't want to do that. Um, I also personally like it's, it's not again, it's not always affordable depending on where you go, because there's a market for vintage now. Um, but I think vintage is a really cool, cool option because, you know, they, we have a lot of great designers doing, you know, incredible things, but I still feel like things aren't made the way they used to be. Um, And so last year, like, for instance, our last issue before this one, we did a wedding editorial, I think the bridal edit. um, And we, we featured a beautiful 1920s wedding gown. And I didn't do that when I got married, but I wish I had because it was just my, I loved my wedding dress, but it was just like, it wasn't so unique. And, and to have something that's been around that long, even if it's passed down from, you know, a family member or your mother or grandmother, like that is so cool to me just to be able to do. So vintage is something that I'm like in love with. Um, also, you know, like, like my story about the coat, like if you have a budget, try to stick within your budget. If you, like, want a new coat or a new pair of boots, I would suggest um, shopping around a little bit um, and kind of researching some of the brands that you'll see if you go to our um, social media page. We we tend to tag a lot of brands that we like. Maybe kind of read about them a little bit, find out, like, you know, what they're about. Ask questions. Do not be afraid to say, hey, you know what, I really like this uh, jacket, but it's $350. Can you, can you tell me why? Can you tell me why it's $350? Cause I'm not above that at all. Like ask questions 
and I think nine times out of ten you'll get you'll be met with respect and people who are more than willing to respond um, because I think a lot of a lot of these folks are you know they they thrive off of building these kind of personal relationships with their customers and um, so that they want to answer and they want to help and they want you to come shop with them too so ask questions shop around if it's not within your budget um, don't don't worry about it like move on and find something that is and sometimes like maybe maybe just sit on it for a while maybe don't buy anything um but as far as diving into uh this whole thing i know for a lot of people if it's new to you it's important to to find resources that um are just practical and that provide a lot of knowledge and i and i'm not trying to push our magazine but i think it's a great place to start um maybe buy a digital copy of our magazine or even just follow us on instagram to, to see what we're about. And, you know, that's a great way to start. <laughs> so that was my next question. Um, I'm sure that people are going to want to get your magazine. I highly recommend it. You guys Go all should get, get it. it. And it's not even expensive. So can you talk about where people can subscribe to your magazine, get a digital print copy, what your Instagram handles are, if you have a website, where they can find more about your work? Yes. If you visit our website, it's um, ethical stylejournal.com um, you can buy the latest issue um, of our and it's in digital and we only have a few print lists but we, we still have some uh, you can buy the magazine there and if you follow us um, we're, both, we're on Facebook and Instagram but we tend to use Instagram uh, differently than Facebook which is interesting but our Instagram handle is at ethical style journal um, and yeah, we're going to actually be releasing um, the cover for our uh, fall winter issue soon. Ooh. Um, and then, <laughs> Can't wait. yeah, I'm so excited. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, we still, we're going to be uh, in the new year, we're going to be pushing out more digital uh, content, um, blog, blog posts, interviews, uh, little short films, all kinds of creative things just to kind of like really get people involved and more interested in what we're doing as far as sustainable fashion goes. So there'll be lots to learn and lots to see. (laughs) Wow. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and sharing all of these super valuable tips for how to live a more sustainable life and then also within um, the lens of fashion. So I just want to say thank you. And I know that our listeners will love this episode. So thanks for being here, Katie. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see y'all again. I yes, know. we got to go to Texas. Yes. Or when you come baby. to New York, let me know. <laughs> or Cali. I definitely will. Yeah, okay, thanks, know. ladies. Okay, bye. Bye, Katie. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a huge favor and leave a review on iTunes right now. The more reviews we get, the higher we are ranked in iTunes, which means we reach more people. So listen up to this listener review. Wendy and Jess have a real candor and understanding for how life can sometimes get in the way of people trying to make healthier choices. They discuss important topics and are transparent about the struggle and successes in their own journeys, and it is exactly what people need to hear. Oh, thank you so much for giving us that heartfelt review. And for those of you who have not left a review but love the podcast, please go on over to iTunes and leave that review right now. Yes, you can also connect with us. We're at Food Heaven Show. Our podcast is released 
Every Wednesday in each episode, we cover tips and tricks for making lifelong, sustainable living changes to upgrade your diet and health. We also interview leading experts in the field of health and nutrition to pick their brains on how they can cultivate a healthy life that they love. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will catch you next time. Bye. I want to give a final shout out to our podcast sponsor, Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a superfood company that's aiming to popularize functional mushrooms and adaptogens by incorporating them into mainstream products like coffee, tea, and cacao. One of our favorite products is the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Hot Cacao Mix, which has this subtle, sweet cinnamon flavor that is perfectly rich and incredibly satisfying. Now, if you want to try it out for yourself, they're giving our friends a special deal. So go to foursigmatic.com slash foodheaven and get 15% off your entire order today. All right. Thanks, y'all.